Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Bobby Chow. Well, this week I'm going to share the Word of God with you. Remember last week, I shared with you the essential attitude of seeking the Lord. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all that you need shall be added to you. So the more Jesus reigns in you, the more His righteousness reigns in you, the more victorious your life will be. As such, we must seek the rule of God and the power of the Spirit in our lives. Because apart from Him, we can do nothing. As such, we cry out, more of you, Lord. And God promised in Jeremiah 29 verse 13 that if you will seek me, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Notice the promise here is not maybe, but you will find me. In other words, it is a guarantee because all it takes is a desire. Today, I want to share with you a follow-up message to last week's sermon. And that is responding to the Lord when He calls. The title of my message is Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. And let's look at Luke chapter 5. Now in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says here, So it was as the multitude pressed about Him to hear the word of God that He stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now remember earlier in chapter 4, the people in Galilee recognised that something was different about Jesus. They could sense the power and the authority on Him. In fact, Luke 4, 32 tells us that the people were astonished at His teaching for His words was with authority. And in verse 36, they were all amazed, spoke among themselves, saying, what a word this is. For with authority and power, Jesus commands the unclean spirits and they come out. So you can see there is authority and power in the words of Jesus. His words healed the sick and cast out demons. In fact, Jesus says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. You see, His words have the power to birth in us a new life, a life that overcomes sin and Satan. Hebrews 4 verse 12 also says that the Word of God is living and powerful. Can you say with me, powerful? Amen. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, Jesus' words have the power to pierce our soul and spirit and shine into the dark areas of our hearts. In other words, we are all naked and open before the Lord. We cannot hide anything. Therefore, 
today. If you hear His voice, oh church, do not harden your hearts, but respond to Jesus and let His words transform you. Amen? That's why in Luke chapter 5, the multitude press about Jesus to hear the Word of God. So let's continue the story in Luke 5 and verse 2 right now. It says here, And saw, and Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a litter from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toyed all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, before this episode, Jesus was primarily speaking to the multitude. He was teaching the, a huge crowd of people. But here in chapter 5, you find Jesus stopped speaking to the crowd and He turned His focus now to the individuals. Specific names of individuals were mentioned. You have Simon, James and John. Now, why the change? What was Jesus trying to tell us? You know what, church? Responding to the call of Jesus is a personal decision. That's right, personal decision. No one can make this decision for you. Not your parents, not your spouse, nor your children. Your Christian friends or your leaders cannot help you for this. You see, their devotion and their commitment to Jesus cannot save you. Every person has to experience Jesus for himself or herself. You must make a personal decision to follow Jesus. As such, Jesus shifted his attention from the multitude to the individual. And Jesus called out to Simon, Simon, and he asked to borrow his boat so that he could teach the multitudes from the boat. Now notice, when Simon heard that, he had no objections whatsoever. In fact, he was very willing to lend Jesus 
His support. So he told Jesus, Jesus, you can do whatever you want. I am done for the day. I have no use for the boat. So I do my thing. You can go ahead and do your thing. But when Jesus ended his teaching, his preaching, he suddenly turned to Simon and commanded him to go fishing. In verse 4, we read, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Wow. When this happened, it is a whole different matter altogether. You see, Simon immediately retorted Jesus and said, Master, we had toyed all night and caught nothing. Jesus, you don't know what you are talking about. I am a professional fisherman. You are a carpenter. You don't know my problem, Jesus. You see, very often, this is the way people respond to Jesus. Oh, they will say, oh, you know what? Jesus, you don't understand the real marketplace. If you want to survive in the marketplace, you have to be unscrupulous, double-dealing, underhand practices, lies. These are all part of the game. Some will say, oh, Jesus, you don't know the challenges of life, the loneliness, the grievances in marriages. You don't understand the struggle of the seven-year each. I need some excitement. I need some release that only secret affairs can give. You don't understand my word, Jesus. You go ahead and do your thing and let me do my thing. You see, most people have no problems going to church to hear Jesus' teachings. They can even press in to hear Him. They may even be willing to share their time and resources to support the Christian cause. But however, to let Jesus into their lives, to let Jesus interfere with their work, family, personal time, the me time, and to interfere their personal space. You know what? That is a whole different matter. But you know what, friends? Today, Jesus is calling you. He's calling us to wholly follow Him, to learn from Him, to obey His Word, to love Him unreservedly and never to go back to our old lifestyles anymore. As such, to follow Jesus, there must first be a forsaking, a forsaking. You see, let's come back to the story in Luke chapter 5 again. Now you find here that though Simon initially struggled with Jesus' command, at a moment, he struggled with his words and his instructions. But you know what? Eventually, he obeyed. He said this, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And you know what? To the fisherman's surprise, they caught a great number of fish and filled two boats to the point of sinking. Look at Simon's response in Luke chapter 5 and verse 8. 
He said here in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Wow. Notice earlier in verse 5, Simon addressed Jesus as master. But here, he called Jesus Lord. Oh Lord. Now this word Lord in Greek is kurios. Now kurios refers to one who is supreme in authority. It refers to the controller, the possessor. So here, Peter realised, he had a revelation, he realised that Jesus is Lord, the possessor and controller of the whole universe. Jesus is the Lord who caught the fish to come into the nets. And this is the same Lord who caught the frogs and the house fries to invade the Egyptians during the time of the great exodus. Peter grew. You know what? Peter grew up hearing all these stories that only the Lord can command animals. And right here, standing before him, is the Lord himself, the supreme, the, the one who is supreme in authority. And before the holy presence of God, Peter felt that his own, he felt his own sinfulness. He, feel that he, has, he felt that he had fallen short of God's glory. As such, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Depart from me, Lord. You know what, friends? God's presence reveals our utter weakness and helplessness. God's presence reveals our utter weakness and helplessness. You see, the truth is, the more I am aware of God's presence, the more I'm aware of my weaknesses and the ignorance that I have. You see, consider the prophet Isaiah. When he was taken into the presence of God, he said this in Isaiah 6 verse 5. He said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Can you see that? When he saw the Lord, when he was in the presence of the Lord, he became aware of his uncleanness and his weaknesses. Now, this was the same kind of experience that Job had. In Job chapter 42, look at verse 5. Job says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Verse 6 says, Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Oh, church, my prayer, my prayer every day is that God, that may God manifest His presence and His glory to us every day of our life, that He manifests Himself, His holy presence to us. Why? Because 
in an affluent and comfortable society like Singapore, we can easily become puffed up and we think to ourselves, you know what, we are rich, we have acquired wealth and we have need of nothing. But we do not realise that we are spiritually wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. We don't realise that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Jesus, please show us your glory. Show us your presence. Show us your face, O Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, He reveals everything that's on the inside. So when Jesus revealed His glory and His power to Peter, Peter responded, Depart from me, Lord. Now why? Why would Peter respond in such a way, depart from me? I thought as believers, we should love the Lord, right? Draw near to the Lord, right? Why depart from me? Well, maybe Peter had some sinful desires or cravings which he did not want to be truthful about. Or perhaps there were bad habits that he was not ready to let go of. You see, because church, you must understand this. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, there must first be a forsaking. A forsaking. See, there are two things, two things I want to share with you which we must renounce to follow Jesus. Number one, to follow Jesus, we must renounce sin. Now, this is repentance. Repentance is a definite turning from every wrong thought, every wrong word, deed and habit. It is an inward change of mind and attitude. You change your mind and attitude towards sin which leads to an outward change of behaviour. There can be no compromise over here. You have to make up your mind. You have to tell yourself, I will not justify my temper and anger outburst anymore. No more. I don't want to have any skeletons in my closet anymore. No more lies. No more excuses for my sins. No more compromise. See, when there is a radical change of mind, a radical change of attitude towards sin, an outward change of behaviour will follow. Remember, all it takes is a desire. All it takes is a change in attitude. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Change got to come from the inside. And as you do so, the power of the Holy Spirit will transform you from glory to glory into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here is a good point to clap hands and give God praise. Amen. But first, in your mind, an attitude, you must not compromise. You cannot compromise. You must not give in to sin and unrighteousness. 
Jesus said this in the gospel. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. Wow, very strong words. Now, is Jesus teaching us self-mutilation? Of course not. You see, Jesus is referring to our attitude. Can somebody shout attitude? I hear you. Attitude. Amen. He's referring to our attitude towards sin. Your attitude towards unrighteousness. We must be ruthless. You see, we must renounce sin immediately. No compromise. No procrastination. In fact, Jesus reminds us of a very serious story. In Luke 17, verse 32, He told the disciples, Remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. Now, who is Lord's wife? You see, the story is in Genesis chapter 19. The Bible tells us of the man Lord who lived in the city of Sodom. Now, the people in Sodom were very wicked and their sin was exceedingly grave. As such, God decided to judge Sodom and destroy that city. However, the Lord had compassion. He had mercy on Lot and his family. So he sent his angels to save Lot and his family from this predicament. In Genesis 19, verse 17, it says, Escape. He told them, the angels said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, lest you be destroyed. Now, however, as they were running and escaping from the city, Lord's wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You see, Lord's wife heard the word of the Lord. Did she hear? Yeah, she was running. She heard the word of the Lord. She heard the call of God to get out of Sodom, to follow Him. And did she want to do that? Yeah, she wanted to do so. But Lord's wife could not give up or let go of the life in Sodom. She missed those fleeting moments of pleasure and gratification of the flesh. So she kept looking back and became a pillar of salt. And Jesus said, Remember Lord's wife. Church, my question is, how about you? How about you? What is your attitude towards sin? Do you put up with sin? When you do or say something that offends God and your conscience smoke you, what is your response? What is your attitude towards unclean thoughts and desires? Are you indifferent? Are you unconcerned? When the Holy Spirit convicts your heart of wrongdoings, do you keep finding excuses to justify yourself? 
friends, won't you have a change of mind? Have a change of attitude and say, Jesus, enough is enough. No more compromise. Won't you say, I will procrastinate no more, Lord. Today, if you were to hear His voice, repent. Let us renounce sin and follow Jesus. Amen. Won't you give the Lord a big hand clap? Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, to follow Jesus, we must renounce self. Renounce what? Self. That's right. You hear me right. Renounce self. You see, Luke chapter 9. Look at verse 23. Luke 9 verse 23. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny what? Himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. So what does it mean to deny one's self? You see, the word to deny means to forget oneself, to lose sight of one's self, and to lose sight of one's own interests. In other words, to follow Jesus means forgetting and giving up your rights to live life your way and follow Jesus instead. See, what I am saying here is not renouncing some particular things or, or some particular sins. I'm talking about renouncing of self, that self-will on the inside. You've you got to give up insisting your own perspective, prospect, and the pride. Deny yourself. Like what Paul says in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Or simply puts it, you give up your throne and let Jesus be king. That means Jesus will always have the final say in all your thoughts, in all your decisions and affections. You see, this year is my 24th year serving God full-time in church. I remember when I started, I had a simple desire, very simple desire, just to preach the gospel and to teach the Bible all my life. That's all I want to do. So for most, most part of the first decade of my ministry, I was focused on missions, training SOT, Bible school students. I was happily serving the Lord, comfortable with the work that I was doing. You see, my personality is more gentle and non-confrontational. You see, given a choice, my first instinct is to avoid all conflicts and crises. However, during the 10 years when our church went through the difficult trial, somehow I was tasked to deal with difficult crises. And it was not just one problem, but a tsunami of problems. And often, I needed to respond to questions from members and also from the public about the church's 
finances, management, and even the trial. Now, you must understand, I was trained in theology. What that theology, you know? Now, I, folk, I, I'm, I major in preaching and teaching the Bible. Conf- conflicts, crises were not my thing. But you know what? Each day, I would come before the Lord and I'll pray. I say, Jesus, you know my thing. You know my thing. You, you know my weaknesses, my strength. But Lord, this life that I live, it is not I who live. But Jesus, please live in me. Please be my king. Whatever you want, Lord, I will do. Please help me to follow you each day. Because this is what Luke 9.23 says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Amen. But the interesting thing here is this word deny. See, this word deny is the same word that was used later on on the night when Simon Peter denied Jesus three times. Remember, Simon Peter denied Jesus three times? In Luke 22, look at verse 34. It says here, Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you you will deny three times that you know me. So what happened? You see, here, Peter was supposed to deny, forget and give up himself and follow Jesus. But instead, when Peter was faced with temptations and sufferings and pain, he denied, forget and gave up who? Jesus. Instead of giving up self, he gave up Jesus. He was more concerned about self-preservation. He was more concerned about his reputation, his ego, and his own interests than to follow Jesus. Church, what about you? Do you forget Jesus when you are going through crisis, temptations, and sufferings? Is Jesus still the King? Or have you dethroned Him? Church, Jesus must be Lord of your life. You might be thinking, wow, pastor, if Apostle Peter will renounce Jesus three times, what about us? Won't won't we fail like Peter? Yes, you, you are right, you are right. Maybe that is why Simon Peter said to the Lord, depart from me. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Oh Lord, you know what I'm made up of. I cannot meet your expectation. You know what? Very often, we feel the same way like Simon Peter. But I want you to see what what Jesus said, how he replied in Luke 5 and verse 10. Jesus said, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Oh, if you have someone at home, won't you tell the person, do not be afraid. Amen. 
You see, with man, it may be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. As long as you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I am willing to follow you. All it takes is one desire. I will change my attitude towards sin. I will change my attitude towards all the bad habits. Enough is enough. No more compromise. I will renounce self and let Jesus be the King and the Lord of my life. At that moment, something will happen. Because Jesus says this, my grace, my divine influence is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weaknesses. Do not be afraid, church. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the vine. I am the life. I am the power that can change you. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I abide in him will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us, for we are His workmanship. Who does the work? His. His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what? It is never of ourselves. It is by grace alone. Through faith alone, in Christ alone, you are His workmanship, His creation. Therefore, do not be afraid. Every word that goes forth from His mouth, Jesus will make sure that it comes to pass. It will not return to Him void. Therefore, Jesus said, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You will be transformed. You will be changed. You see, after following Jesus for three years, Simon Peter began to understand what it meant by not being afraid. You see, after Jesus resurrected, one day, Simon Peter went back to fishing again. And guess what? That day again, he caught nothing. In John 21, let's pick up the story. John 21, look at verse 6. It says, And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. Now, something very strange here. Notice, Simon Peter put on his outer garment and jumped into the sea and swam towards Jesus. Now, if you are going swimming, if you go swimming, what do you do? You should take off your outer garment, right? But for Peter, 
because for him, now he was swimming towards the Lord. As such, he put on his best tuxedo, plunged into the sea, and swam towards the Lord. What a contrast! In Luke chapter 5 earlier, when Peter saw Jesus, he said, Depart from me. Depart from me, Lord. I am so weak. I have so many weaknesses. I have so many terrible bad habits. I can never meet up to your expectation. Depart from me, Lord. But now, now, three years later, Simon Peter had just failed terribly. He denied Jesus three times. Those imperfections, weaknesses were still there. So many of them. But now, his response was different. He did not tell Jesus, depart from me. He immediately took up his tuxedo, put on his tie, jumped into the sea and pressed into Jesus. Press into Jesus. Why? Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, church. Before the holy presence of God, Peter no longer ran away, but he drew close to Jesus instead. Because Peter understood, he understood that all it takes is a desire. All it takes is a desire. He understood that by himself, he can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. Friends, do not be afraid. When Jesus calls, do not be afraid. Let Jesus be Lord. You see, originally, Simon Peter was an unstable reed. But in the end, he denied, forgot about himself. He forgot and gave up that reed, unstable reed that he was. He denied himself and became Petra, an immovable solid rock. Because it's no longer Simon who lived, but Christ who lived in him. Oh, City Harvest Church, last week, this week, I sense a call of God reaching out to us. Won't you say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I will not be afraid anymore. I won't run, I will not run. I will not run from those matters, issues that you're dealing with anymore. No more compromise. No more running. Draw me away, Lord. Draw me away, Lord, into your presence. Amen. You see, I, I have a 77-year-old Chinese service member who recently discovered that she has stage 4 cancer. Now, such a crisis 
at this age, stage 4 cancer, at this age, 77 years old, would have easily overwhelmed anyone with fear and depression. But you know what? Not so for this sister. Not so. A few days ago when I visited her at the hospital, she was so full of joy. She was telling me how she had gone, she has spoken to all the patients in her ward and shared with them about Jesus. She was telling me about how she met some backsliders and she told them, you must come back to Jesus. And she was a stage four. She's, she's stage four cancer. 77 years old. The day when I was there, the doctor happens to come into the ward and the doctors saw me and the doctor asked me, who are you? I said, I'm, I'm the pastor. And he said, oh, you are the pastor. See, she is always happy here, singing every day, worshipping and praying to Jesus in this hospital ward. Yesterday, she went for her first round of chemo. So I prayed for her in the morning over the phone. Now, after the chemo, she sent me a voice message, giving thanks to Jesus, how God has protected her. I want, you to, I want to play this small clip to let you hear what she said. Amen. Now, what does it mean in English? Let me translate. It means, what she's saying is this. She said, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 I love you. You are my precious. You are my first love. Lord, you are my fortress. You are my strength. Every day, your light shines on me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is the voice and the prayer of a 77-year-old lady with stage 4 cancer. Because why? It's no longer I who live, not the stage 4 patient. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Friends, don't be afraid. Come to Jesus, don't be afraid. Renounce that sin. Renounce self. Let Jesus be king in your heart. Won't you say yes to Jesus? No matter what kind of weakness, what kind of struggles that you have, be it spiritually, emotionally, emotionally, or physically in sickness, do not be afraid. Won't you say yes, Lord? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Draw me away and I will run after you. Jesus, I will run after you. Oh, City Harvest, I know that Jesus is touching you wherever you are even right now. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Won't you close your eyes and 
Just pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. Let Jesus draw you. Let the Holy Spirit come and manifest Himself in your room, in your home, even right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Annabelle to lead us in an old song. But as we sing to the Lord, I want you to mean it with all your heart. Let every word be your prayer and your cry to Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Oh, I love you, Jesus. My first love is Jesus. You're the one I adore. My first love is my Savior. Oh, 
friends, what about you? When temptation comes, when challenges of life come, who do you deny? Who do you forget? What do you give up? Won't you deny self and let Jesus be King and be Lord of your life? Won't you have a change of mind and change of attitude? No more. No more compromise. No more. Enough is enough. Be ruthless. All it takes is a change of attitude, a desire, and say, God, I am willing. Help me, Lord. At the point where your mind change, your whole life change. At the point where your attitude change, your whole life change. No more. Renounce sin. Renounce self. Come, follow Jesus. Amen. Won't you just close your eyes? If that's you, wherever you are, you say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart. It's like the presence of God came into your room and suddenly there is a revelation. Like Peter, there is a shaking in your heart. And you say, God, how can I ever rise to your expectation? But Jesus said, do not be afraid, my child. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. If that's you, wherever you are, wouldn't you just talk to the Lord in the Spirit, just pray to Him, cry out to the Lord. Something is happening even right now. That's right. I, I can even hear some of us praying, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's right. Let your prayer rise to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Sikiri Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here we are, Jesus. Draw us away. Draw us into your presence. And we will run after you. Not procrastinate, but we will run after you, Jesus. Let there be a change of heart. Let there be a change of mind. Let there be a change of attitude. Oh, would you tell Jesus, Jesus?
lift your voice to Him. Lift your voice to Him. Jesus, Jesus, we love you, Lord. So here we are. We bear our hearts, our soul, our spirit before you. We have nothing to hide. Come and have your way, Lord. Have your way in us, Lord. May Jesus be the Lord of our lives. And we respond to you. And we say, yes, Lord, we will follow you all the days of our life. So, Father, we thank you for this wonderful service. I pray for all my brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God our Father, may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all from this day and forevermore. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen. Oh, won't you give the Lord praise? Jesus is with us. God is good, Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Well, although we cannot be physically on-site worshipping, but I sense God's presence touching each and every one of us. Amen. Well, I have only one announcement to make before we are dismissed for this service. <laughs> and that is next weekend on the 8th and the 9th of May, we, it is Mother's Day weekend. So it's going to be special. We want, to, we want you to invite all your mom, your mummies to come and join us online. And let's believe God that Jesus will touch the life. Amen. So God bless you, church. Have a great weekend. And see you next week. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.